Welcome to Manners and Madness, a Jane Austen and David Lynch podcast. My name is Maya Adkins. And I'm Christian Cabrera. And today we'll be doing our check-in. <laughs> yes. Check-in four, I think. Four. It's our fourth one. Yeah. Although the rest so. of them weren't called check-in. They were just called whatever you happen to name them. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> whatever came to mind. Well, well, we're on, I'm on just starting week six of quarantine, which seems like a lot. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I'm very tired. <laughs> <laughs> I wake up tired. I go to bed tired. Not early enough, though, because there's no reason. <laughs> you don't wear yourself out in the day. No, but I've become um, quite zen at um, only doing what I feel like doing. That's the nice thing about living by yourself. It's like, I don't, I don't need to be responsible for watching the great masterpieces or writing a novel. I can just watch YouTube videos all day if that's what I feel like doing that day. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, I feel like that's like the best thing to do right now. It's just do things you like to do. <laughs> Keep do yourself sane. What I do. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> uh, if you don't want to teach your kids today, don't teach your kids today. <laughs> they are. <laughs> they will be fine. <laughs> As I say, I don't think it'll be like one of those things where they're going to miss like half of their primary school or something. Maybe just well, a year. Yeah. Well, I'm sure we'll find a way to teach kids whether they have to stay inside or not. Um, I exactly. got yeah my uh nieces and nephews well they're kind of doing the homeschooling you know as much as they can mm -hmm. but. yeah my, i was texting with my mom yesterday and um my youngest sister is the only one who's still in school and she um i asked her i was like how is she doing with the online school <laughs> and my mom was like she loves it she never wants to go back <laughs> <laughs> and my yeah. mom was like she she will get out of this house <laughs> because my mom is going crazy. <laughs> I'm sure there will be some kids like that for sure. There might be some families who are like, you know, homeschooling's not so bad. <laughs> I could imagine, yeah. Especially <laughs> so, like aftermath of pandemic. Yeah. So how are you doing? You're still working full time and going to school in the evenings? Yeah. Um, I mean, I still don't really like my job, but... It's nice to <laughs> not have to wake up, you know, an hour and a half early and get ready for work and everything. It's nice to wake up 10 minutes before I have to clock in and then go turn on my computer and not have to worry yeah. about anything. <laughs> yeah, that's nice. Um, Does it feel like yeah, you can do all the same stuff from home that you could do there? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think the only thing that, like, is different is, like, uh, opening mail. Like, my department opens mail for the company and that aspect has been just put on one other person and it gets delivered to her house and <laughs> she kind of just handles it so yeah. it's nice to not have to worry about that i feel like maybe when this is all over there'll be a lot more jobs that can just work from home because oh yeah what's the point you know <laughs> if you can do it from home why bother making everyone come into an office to do it exactly i feel like companies will want to save money or something and it I just makes it easier like for people the money yeah yeah and i was just thinking like 
like even like over like working like if you need to work overtime or whatever it's so much easier from home because you don't have to like rearrange your entire day you can just literally stay on the clock at your house like you don't have to like all right well I'm gonna get home two hours later yeah or whatever it's just ugh, I don't know I wouldn't mind working from home but I also am ready for schooling and other things to get back to normal so I can get the job that I actually want to have yeah yeah, because you're in culinary school, so I was just imagining you cooking yes. cakes in your kitchen and being like, doesn't it look pretty? <laughs> I taste good yeah. too, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, like, um, for my, I have, I'm taking two classes where I have to cook this semester, and um, the rest of the work has been online, just extra book work, basically, but for my baking class, uh, we are supposed to have a practical final that's supposed to be judged by three pastry chefs and well that's not happening anymore <laughs> so our chef was like um just send me the recipes and the steps that you did to make it and just take pictures and show me what it looks like no like, so put it, like put it up to the camera I want to see the crumbs <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly is it a fine crumb or so I just like I'm like okay whatever I think it kind of takes the pressure off a little bit but I I don't know it's like I just bought a bunch of extra supplies from Target <laughs> just to like <laughs> make sure I have everything I need and I just practiced my final last night and it turned out uh, pretty well. So <sighs> yeah, I actually was like really craving cake the other day. So I looked up some cake mm -hmm. recipes because I thought, well, I maybe I could make my own and all of them required so many eggs that I was like, this is so not worth it. So I looked at my cabinet and I had a box of brownies in there. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this will do. It only takes two eggs. This will do. No, one egg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've I've made a lot of banana bread because, you know, mm. that's like the, one of the easiest things to make. And then, um, what did I make? My uh, my practical final is going to be uh, a citrus cheesecake. Mm. So I practiced that last night. I did grapefruit last night, but I didn't really like the flavor of it. Um, just because like grapefruit zest isn't very like flavorful. So I think I'm gonna do lime. Oh, lime is my favorite. <laughs> yes. I, if I had access to key limes, I would do key limes, but I don't. Um, <laughs> but I, after um, we record this, I'm making a lemon turmeric cake. It's a tea cake. Um, and that one's really easy. It has, I think it only uses like two eggs. Um, and it stays, fresh at room temp for like five days um nice and it's by my probably my favorite I don't know what you would call her like cookbook I don't have any of her cookbooks that I like she writes for the New York Times a lot so I have a bunch of her New York Times recipes and everything has been amazing so <laughs> Alison Roman if anyone's wanting to look her up her my favorite thing that she has that I made so far is her caramelized shallot pasta um, Ooh, it's like, good. <laughs> it's good and it's super easy. Um, one pan of, well, I guess a pot to boil the pasta, but you know, that's nothing. Right. Um, but shallots. shallots, um, it has, uh, do like anchovies. It has anchovies in it. Um, that's good. It's just really good. It's super easy and it's good and it's spicy. <laughs> and you, you save like half that tomato paste mixture and I like put it on like egg sandwiches or throw it in with just regular noodles and it's already got garlic and chalice in it. So it's like the best thing ever. Mm, when this is, when we're done recording, I'll have to get your advice on a recipe I'm trying to make up in my head. 
<laughs> I'm trying to turn I, uh, the a Hungarian goulash into a casserole. So. <laughs> oh, okay. I feel like casserole, what we call it, casseroleization. <laughs> yes. It's <laughs> like, like one of the easiest things to do. It's just kind of just pour everything into the pan. Yeah, I've just never done it with pasta before, so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, that sounds fun. I've tried making my own recipes, and I'm like, there's just a lot to consider. I need to get a job first (laughs) before I try. Well, I have all the the stuff except for a different kind of meat than I would normally use to make goulash, so. But then I was Mm -hmm. looking it up, and I found some goulash casseroles, but they're, um, some sort of version of American goulash, which I've never even knew existed. Oh. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> I was like, why is there no paprika in these recipes? What's wrong with them? And I was like, oh, <laughs> it's a whole different kind of goulash I've never even heard of before. It's no more idea. like hamburger helper. <laughs> <laughs> I was say, like, like, yeah, give me the paprika. I need the spice. Some yeah, sort of the pepper in it. Part. <laughs> exactly. I just made, um, oh my God, it was like, one of my favorite things ever i just but it was such a pain in the butt to make um a roast chicken oh and it was a buttermilk roast chicken literally the only things i needed were um kosher salt buttermilk and the chicken the whole chicken and you just like let it marinate uh overnight in the buttermilk and a little bit of salt and then you take it out of the package brush some of the buttermilk off and then put it in a pan and let it roast was it delicious Yes, it was so good. Um, the skin was like perfectly brown. I wish I'd taken a picture of it. I was just so hungry that day because it took a little bit longer than usual. And I was just like a little extra thing. I didn't plan well for it. But the skin was like super like, it wasn't like super, super crispy, but it wasn't like malleable either. Like it was just like the perfect caramelization. It was so mm. good. <laughs> it's like thinking about it now it makes my mouth water. Buttermilk is one of those things I'm always like, is that, is it like, spoiled milk or is it like like fermented or something i because i feel like there's something you can leave in your fridge for a really long time and it'll turn into buttermilk but i'm not sure if that's true or not (laughs) i feel like it's maybe like um maybe like heavy cream or something it's not like the way if you separate the or the curds in the way right that's different i think it's different um all I know is that it smells bad, but. <laughs> well, I'm sure this is all very relevant to Jude Austin and David. <laughs> they but roasted chickens. Chicken. <laughs> oh, yeah, sure. I'm sure that Jane Austen made a buttermilk chicken at some point in her life. Or ate one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Every time I think about, like, cooking in that time, I always think of, um, what's it called? Uh, Downton Abbey. And oh, yeah. um, Mrs. Potsmore's Kitchen. Yeah, it's not exactly the same yeah. time, but still, I'm sure the kitchen yeah. of a state is always going to be big. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I think in, like, my, um, we learned a little bit, like, the history of cooking um, and, like, how, like, oh, say the 1800s um, is when, like, the, I can't remember what the name of it was, but it's basically, like, grand cuisine where everything was, like, super ridiculous, like, of four foot tall mound of this and three uh, chickens and whatever and then we learned about the guy who created it and it was just like just over the top and then of course the movement that followed right after it was um minimal healthy cooking and <laughs> being normal that's always a way <laughs> 
I thought maybe we could talk a little bit about just like how we're feeling about the podcast's progress at this point. You know, we've got, I forgot to count, but like maybe 25 episodes so far. Wow. Really? We've got almost 2,000 listens, which is probably not a lot for like bigger podcasts or, you know, but for us, I was like, oh, that sounds good to me. (laughs) I'm proud of it. We got five five star ratings on iTunes. No <laughs> <Yay>. <laughs> I was really weird because like too. it said five five star reviews and then I looked at it and then it said four five star reviews and one four star review and then I looked at it again a couple days later it was back to five five star reviews so I don't know what's going on with the rating system there but we would love it if you guys wanted to give us a rating <laughs> yeah seriously maybe someone's wafering from like I can't decide four like, or five I hated this episode put it down to a four nope this one was great put it back up <laughs> Uh, but yes, we would love more reviews, more, well, written and star reviews, and just help us the podcast out more, I guess. And yeah, who can't uh, use a little Jane Austen or David Lynch now? Well, you know, it's so funny because I have seen so many memes since all of this started about how mm-hmm. we're all living like a Jane Austen novel now because we're all, you know, sequestered in our homes with our little groups mm-hmm. and we're writing a lot of letters type of thing. <laughs> then I've also seen a bunch of memes about how life is like, a, or is um, similar to a David Lynch movie right now. <laughs> it's very surreal. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, we're right in line with the zeitgeist right now. <laughs> like, we came at just the right time. Yeah. I also wanted to mention, I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but we've gotten two um, write-ups or reviews, including us in a list of things that people have recommended. One on the Jane Austen side um, several months ago, which was so awesome. That was from Austin Authors, and I think it was Nancy Lawrence who wrote that one, and that was really great. And then just recently, we got one from 25 Years Later site, which... um, was more the David Lynch side and we got one from John Bernardi and that was great too. And I'm um, very yes. excited about both of those. That was just so nice. Um, and yes, also I, the other, um, <laughs> I don't know if it's a goal or a, something, but um, I guess it's a sign of somewhat having a teeny bit of popularity is that we received this week two sexy DMs. <laughs> Oh, wait is it two two more that i haven't seen or the one of them well, was the, the one, one saw. you saw and then there was another one <laughs> i was oh, like no. nobody's ever tried that on my personal twitter with the 30 followers so i guess um we must be moving up in the world. <laughs> oh gosh i yeah i read that first one and like it was like is this a bot or i could like it was so wild and <laughs> i don't understand I mean, it, was so funny. it wasn't like horror. I mean, gross it wasn't like graphic or anything. No, but um, you know, it was just very odd. <laughs> it was it's so exciting to be like, oh, somebody wrote us, and they'd be like, oh, okay, well, <laughs> I guess we must have gotten somewhere if someone cares enough to write this. <laughs> <laughs> so we have some sort of following, I guess, at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Even if it's just bots. Um, <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so other than that, um, I'm feeling good about the podcast. The whole quarantine thing has kind of thrown me for a loop because 
my brain is just not working. Every time I've thought about doing research, it's been like, oh, I don't want to. <laughs> uh huh. It's not because like I don't like learning about it. It's just because I just my it's brain like doesn't have the no bandwidth to think about anything right now. You know, mm-hmm. I'm trying to it's stop like being, my brain. <laughs> <laughs> it's like constantly being overwhelmed and yeah. Uh, you just like have no motivation I'm kind of I'm like the same way where like you know I'm going into this I was gonna be like oh I'm working from home like I'll be able to just like literally like clock out and then have all this extra time that I didn't have before with traveling and other things so I was like I'm gonna read all these books and <laughs> I'm gonna do this and that and I have not done any of that <laughs> and yeah. I've just bought video games and I'm like this is mindless I can do this yeah, honestly, video games are one of the best things for me right now because they're the easiest to distract me. But I've also, strangely, started listening to more music. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, which, you know, I mean, it's not that I've ever been averse to music. I used to listen to music all the time. I just, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I still do, but <clears throat> I've just found myself being like, I've made myself a quarantine playlist of all the albums that I've wanted to listen to and enjoyed while in quarantine. There's like six one is the mm-hmm. Emma soundtrack for the new Emma. It's amazing. <laughs> Ooh, I'm going to check that out. Yeah, you definitely should. I think you can get it on Apple Music. Apple um, Music. Yeah. I thought maybe we could do what, um, talk about maybe what our ideal adaptation of Northanger Abbey would be at this point like okay because I've been thinking about a lot as we've gone along because Northanger Abbey only has two adaptations um one from the 80s which I guess is pretty panned but I love it it's got like all of the spooky (laughs) 80s gothic ridiculousness that I just love and um there's a newer one that came out I want to say like 2007 and it's got Felicity Jones okay. and um, Carrie Mulligan. Oh. It's, it's a really great adaptation, but it's also like only an hour and a half um, adaptation. So those are the mm-hmm. only two and both of them are made for TV. They're both only an hour and a half. So what I would personally like is like a mini series adaptation, a nice long one. Oh yeah. I mean, I would love a two hour movie too because it, it deserves a movie. No one else, it hasn't had one yet. It's never had a miniseries or a proper movie. Um, mm-hmm. And they always have to cut stuff out of the um, shorter ones, even though it is a shorter book. But There's still stuff being removed. Yeah. but So I was thinking my dream adaptation would be a miniseries, maybe like three episodes, like a three hour. Um, but I would cool. love it to... I'd love it to have a framing device where we actually see Jane Austen as the narrator and maybe get a little Mm -hmm. behind the scenes of her actual life of like, you know, what her life was kind of like at that time period when she was writing it, like when she was a, you know, older teenager in her early twenties, you know, Uh um, I mentioned last week when we were talking about uh, the Jane Austen facts, you know, the vampire border they had <laughs> at <Yeah>. their schools. <laughs> he would make a really fun character, I think, in it because um Oh yeah. 
I mean, what better character than a gothic, for a gothic-esque novel than a right. kid who one day started growing <laughs> to be a vampire, or purportedly. <laughs> I think it'd be like, I love that idea of like, of seeing Jane Austen in the adaptation. I was like, that made me think of like, what if we did like a thing where, because um, I guess like looking back, we could see like a lot of the things that she writes about Northanger Abbey are kind of taken out of her real life. Um, maybe we could like have this thing, this like mini series or even like a regular series where we're kind of like seeing her writing the book and have, and seeing her experiencing these things in her life. Yeah. And so we're, it's like whenever we're seeing her in real life, we're seeing her thing play out. But when she goes to write down the book, we see these new characters acting out almost the same scene, but like yeah. obviously a little bit, you know, different. Yeah. And because I guess, especially because the narrator is such a big part of that book and it feels very like the closest we can get to really Jane Austen's voice, <clears throat> even mm-hmm. though there's, you know, there is narrators in most of her work. I feel like Northanger Abbey just has like, it's so pronounced that, especially at the beginning, yeah. um, when it would be a great place to set up what's going on, you know, start off with her mm-hmm. reading to I her agree. brother and stuff. Yes. So I think that would be really good. I didn't think about any sort of dream casting or anything like that, but I was wondering who might Laura Dern play. <laughs> <laughs> the age-old question of our podcast. <laughs> um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of like, because she plays eccentric really well, but she also plays like, I, th- I think of her like in Blue Velvet about how she was kind of like, would you, I don't know if you, would you call that ingenue? Kind of like, uh, yeah. yeah, she was like kind of naive, but also kind of, you know, willing to like get in there and like get into the adventure. Exactly. I thought of so her I as a real see her... character in that one. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I could see her maybe as like, um, Isabel or. Yeah. There's um, not a lot of great female parts. I mean, no. I guess there are, but there's just not a lot of big characters, you know? Like, there's the big sisters, we never see them. Mrs. Allen is kind of a fun character, but she's just kind of a smaller character. Mm-hmm. It's really all about Catherine and Isabella, and then I guess Eleanor. Yeah. I, I feel like out of those three, at least, because I don't really see her as a Catherine, I would say maybe Isabella. Yeah, I would love to see her as Out of Isabella. those. If we were in a Although gender if, bandit, I would love to see her as Captain yes. Tony, though. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, God. That would be amazing. Yeah. I, um, if we could maybe have, like, someone interpret the book and maybe beef up some roles, I would definitely see her as a Mrs. Allen. Yeah. Yeah. But if we could get someone to beef up those roles, then yeah. <laughs> she would be a fun Mrs. Allen. Well... We haven't gotten to the second half where a lot more of the mystery comes in. So we haven't seen as much of Eleanor, but she would be yeah, a fun yeah, character yeah. if you added a little more to her, I think. Especially like that scene with her and Henry. That would be a really fun scene to watch her play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I also, think I was so. going to say, in most of the adaptations, they tend to take like what we've read so far and compress them all down into like one or two events instead of like, she goes to the room, she doesn't meet anybody, and then she goes again, and she gets introduced to Henry, and they dance. Usually it's all like, she meets Isabella, she meets Henry. She, sometimes she meets Isabella before she meets Henry. Um, but they all like happen at the same event, 
And so I would like uh, to struggle okay. out and see like, okay, let's, because I feel like we lose a lot of the like funniness and the adaptations just because instead of turning the genre on its head, because normally, um, well in the book, um, she's talking about it compared to like the normal novel would be all swoons and, you know, making these assumptions and crazy choices. Whereas her character mm -hmm. just sits around being bored and reading her book the whole time. <laughs> and they just cut out all that stuff and make it seem more like a real romance novel in the adaptations. So I would like to see how they could, uh. how you could like really spin it on its head and make it more like the book where it's like, okay. <laughs> yeah. I see the, the reality of the situation as opposed to what it would normally be. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Cause I don't really like get romance from the, the book really that much you know i mean we get little like things yeah. of it here and there it's more about like the journey of her like just learning about life and exactly. learning about people yeah but they turn it all into like a um, catherine henry love story which i mean it is to a certain extent although we haven't really yeah but like um yeah i don't think any of as much as everyone gets married at the end of Jane Austen novels, I don't really feel like any of them are romance novels. They're not about, yeah. I mean, they are about falling in love, but they're about falling in love in a realistic way, not like, you know, some romantic notions of how people <laughs> fall in love. <laughs> right, not like a fairy tale. It's like, <laughs> we met and we got to know each other and yeah. blah, blah, blah. It's not like, oh, I left my slipper on the stair and he brought it to me and we're married. Yeah, I would say that Lizzie and Darcy are probably the closest to like a maybe like a a moonlighting or something, you know, the yeah. clashing people who fall in love. But even then, it's like it takes months and months, and there's a lot of <laughs> back and forth letter writing and a lot of you know, it's not like oh we hate each other right off the bat kind of a thing. But right. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I really appreciate about the Austin novels too, is like, you know, I love like the whole like, uh, I love romance and romantic novels and stuff, but I really am lately have been like, really interested in more like real, real life things, mm -hmm. like real life uh, portrayals of even like, you know, of things that are typically romanticized, like, you know, period pieces and stuff. So I've really been appreciating like learning about all of her stuff and kind of getting this like peek into maybe a more realistic sense of what life was like yeah. back then. Yeah, me too. Even though I've read them all and I've, I'm sure I've watched a million Austin documentaries, but you know, like mm -hmm. I've never, even if I had studied it in school, you know, my memory is not one to like remember every single detail of every fact. It's more like the more I hear something, the more I remember it. So like, I don't remember where I was, cause, you know, I forgot even what I was talking about <laughs> in the beginning of the sentence. <laughs> uh, See, I told you, my brain is becoming so dull. <laughs> okay, so um, let's move on to some Twin Peaks stuff. Um, I thought that this might be a good opportunity for you, who is, well, how much have you actually seen? You saw only the first season? Yes, I don't think I've watched any of the second season. Okay. So I had a couple, a few characters who I thought I would let you speculate on where you think they're headed. Okay. Okay. So let's start with yeah. Nadine. <laughs> what do you think <laughs> oh, might Nadine. happen with Nadine? Um, I feel like, I don't know, because like 
she seems to kind of like be like a roller coaster with her emotions. Like, I feel like we're at a really good point right now. And we started at a really low, not a really low point, but we started at a lower point where, you know, she was a little like hectic and a little chaotic. Um, I feel like, you know, as um, we get to see her and, oh my gosh, hold on. And Let me look up names. Yes, I am so bad with names. I'm the worst. I have um, we make a great pair. <laughs> pandemic brain is what I'm going to call it. Um, but yeah, her and Ed's relationship, I think we're going to see it kind of, um, I feel like we're going to see it fall apart more um, and see her kind of lose it again, just because um, as we see like Norma's husband come home from prison and I feel like we're going to have a clash with Ed and that whole thing happening and you know, hid their secret relationship and I feel like she's going to kind of lose it again. Ah, well, that's, uh, I hope her, I hope her silent, uh, blind shutters take off and she's millionaire. I support <laughs> her so much. I love her. Uh, I, one time, uh, my garage door makes so much noise and I always mm-hmm. think, man, I wish I had some of Nadine's silent Drake Brown runners for this garage door. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they should have made that like a, a funny like little like gag thing yeah <laughs> what about dr jacoby we don't know, know a lot about like him then. no but we know that he seems to be a little bit obsessive with um laura and it feels like i feel like he's like somewhat connected to maybe like one-eyed jacks and like it's like this weird thing where He's such like, he feels like at first such like an outlier character and like, oh, just like this kind of like psycho. It's a little bit obsessed with her. Um, But I feel like there's more to it than we're seeing so far. Mm -hmm. I feel like he has more of a hand in the whole scheming of Twin Peaks than we just. Yeah. Um, What about Norma? Norma, well, definitely like her husband's coming back from from prison. So I feel like that's going to be a weird adjustment for her, especially because she's going to, obviously, it's going to be weird having him back in general. But then, of course, with Ed, I'm sure it's Ed's not going to stop coming to the diner. <laughs> and so um, I don't know. I would uh, like this. I don't know if her husband becomes like a character character or if it's just kind of like an outlier thing. But I kind of hope we get to see, I don't know, maybe some clashes. and. I feel like Norma is like such a demure character. I would like to see her kind of take more assertive action. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that'll be interesting. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> feel free to speculate wildly if you'd like, but <laughs> yeah, I, say, I might start once we get into the weird ones. <laughs> what about Shelly? Cause I didn't write the Ollie characters. Uh, Just some of the smaller ones. I, I don't know. I hope Shelly obviously leaves Leo or, just and leaves Bobby because I don't like Bobby very much. Um, I know I keep hearing things about how he has a great arc and whatever, but as of right now, I do not like Bobby. So I hope that she <laughs> leaves them both and just becomes friends with, you know, Donna and Audrey, and they could just be like a cool girl gang, and that's it. Yeah, yeah, that'd be fun. <laughs> cool girl gang. Yeah. That would be a fun Seriously. Stuff. All right, Audra, maybe she can. Audra, Donna. <laughs> <laughs> I would love it. And maybe she can really expose 
uh, Leo to and get him like just away because he seems like an awful person. Yeah, seriously. Uh, what about uh, Lucy? Um, well, her and the um, her and the police officer are together, right? Andy, yeah, you can speculate yeah, both Andy. if you want. Um, well, I hope that they like. Uh, obviously, I hope they stay together, and I would love a little like wedding episode. I think it'd be so Aww. funny just to see <laughs> them be so like kooky together and then I would love to see their families interact oh, and my see God. Like, what their families would be like yeah that would be awesome I guess because <laughs> no, like <laughs> that doesn't happen but I would love to see a Lucy Andy yeah. wedding because <laughs> uh, could you imagine like a family full of Lucy's uh, <laughs> just <laughs> taking notes and hanging on one word and oh god it was so funny oh my gosh yeah it's so hard for me not to be like let me spoil something but I'm not going to <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> and the last one I wrote down um was Hawk um I don't know I feel like he he's tracking the one-armed man right now um uh, obviously I think yeah he gets him or they at least they find the one-armed man but I hope he I don't know, becomes him, like a more integral part of like the um spiritualism that is Twin Peaks like all these like you know, supernatural elements that are coming into play, like, especially with the log lady and, you know, all uh-huh. these other, like, weird things that are going to happen. I hope that he kind of becomes, like, a more, I don't know, just, like, a more integral part. Like, I feel like they don't get to see him a lot. Yeah. As much as I would like. And I hope, and I would like to think that he becomes almost, like, a, a protector of everyone because, you know, maybe he has, he seems to have that connection. Yeah, I like all of that. Um, and I think you're right on with a lot of it. So <laughs> <laughs> oh, we can't wait. <laughs> we'll it's get crazy. Later. <laughs> um, oh yeah, that'd be interesting. Yeah. Were there any other characters you wanted to speculate on? Um hmm. Let me think, let me think, let me think. Um I don't know. I feel like how old are are they seniors in high school? I think so. Okay. I mean, it feels like as inappropriate as Audrey's obsession with um, Cooper. Oh my God, Cooper! I was gonna say Colson. I was like, not Catherine Colson. Cooper is. I kind of like hope. I would love to like. uh, My fantasy would be like that. She (laughs) waits a couple years and she's like a full adult, and then they get together because I feel like they complement each other so well with her like mischievous kind of spirit and his yeah. like super grounded but like optimistic attitude it just like would I feel like it'd be so interesting to see that together yeah but not right now because she's still this child yeah <laughs> yeah I think that's a pretty common um wish of people because they do have such great chemistry yeah I love it um yeah I love Audrey <laughs> Well, um, I did not write a mashup this week because, 
again, brain uh, not working properly. <laughs> but <laughs> I did think of something uh, that would make a fun mashup that maybe we can just, you know, make up our own story here and now. Um, so yeah. I was wondering what would happen if Catherine um, Moreland from Northanger Abbey, instead of meeting Isabella Thorpe, met Audrey Horn. Like whether maybe instead of going to oh. Bath, they went to Twin Peaks, or maybe Audrey lives in Bath or something. But like, right. what kind of mischief would those two get up to, as opposed to her and Isabella? Oh gosh, I I actually really love that pairing. <laughs> um, I feel like I don't know. I would love like a. I think we mentioned earlier like Nancy Drew esque, and that like really like stuck with me. Like I feel like if they them two got together like it would almost be like a weird blue velvet moment where I feel like Audrey would be like the Kyle McLaughlin's character and like they would be like investigating like these rich people who are, you know, <laughs> doing mysterious things behind the scenes and they would be solving mysteries. I think it'd be such a really interesting yeah. dynamic. Yeah. I think if we were to say that Audrey, it was like taking Isabella's place and like, you know, was just kind of like, oh, and they just made new friends, you know, Catherine still being mm -hmm. naive, Catherine and Audrey being right. her, herself, who is, you know, in her own way naive, but she's very mm -hmm. worldly, more worldly in reality than Isabella is in reality. Like Isabella thinks she's worldly, oh, yeah. but she's really just like a lot of talk. But I feel like Audrey would kind of understand Catherine more right off the bat mm -hmm. and would know how to... <laughs> manipulate her more into doing what she wanted her to do you know oh yeah and I, I just have like this vision of her both of them sneaking around in the like secret passageways in the great northern <laughs> spying on people <laughs> yeah looking in secret compartments for things and getting themselves into all sorts of trouble because they're imagining the worst when it's really like or maybe, you know, sense. Catherine is the one who's like, it's not really ghosts. And then, of course, she goes out in the woods and it's like, there really are ghosts in Twin Peaks. <laughs> <laughs> it's the entire haunted town. <laughs> oh, I, would, I love that pairing. Because I feel like it's just like the perfect setup for like a mystery solving duo. Yeah. Maybe um, when we finally get done with this section and we do our last check-in for these books, I will try to write like a Catherine comes to Twin Peaks kind of a mashup. Oh yeah. What kind of, but like what, what mystery do you think they should solve? It doesn't have to be something in the show. It can just be like a made up mystery. Yeah. Well, I feel like um, if she went to Twin Peaks, I feel like the idea that everyone had of who Laura was would actually be who Catherine was. And yeah. so I feel like she would kind of assimilate really well into that missing spot. Um, I'm trying to think of like what mystery like she's got all the surface and none of the depth of love. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it'd be something really, really. I don't know. Like they they are they're aware of Ed and Norma's like odd, crazy relationship, and maybe like you know Norma goes missing, and there's a lot of I don't know, like trash bags outside Ed's house and they're speculating like, oh my God, did he kill Norma? And in reality, she just went to go visit her family for a month or something. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe the like mystery of thing. what happened to Nadine's eye. Catherine will convince yeah. herself that like Ed did something or... 
exactly and then they'll investigate and it'll be like the most simplest thing <laughs> but yeah <laughs> along the way there will be like you know hundreds of clues that'll be like oh my god it's the worst thing imaginable <laughs> or maybe audrey when they're friends will be dropping all these cryptic hints about how her dad is not to be trusted and then Catherine will sneak around all the hidden passageways spying on ben until eventually mm -hmm. she has to tell audrey what her suspicions are or something like that <laughs> i love that yeah and then kind of like get into the whole like one-eyed jacks kind of like yeah. snooping around there and spying and getting into crazy <laughs> situations <laughs> yes i would love that mashup okay i'm definitely gonna have to write that or if you guys want to write in um actually you know how about anybody who is willing you know write in your idea of what Catherine and audrey would be doing if they were to meet up and um mm -hmm. maybe we can incorporate them all into like a big story or a big mashup or something if people actually write it <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think it'd be so much fun to do that because it would just like be such a fun pairing like it'd be so fun to write about yeah okay um well that's the mashup um okay so i say that all the time um okay um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's where I cut that out of so many podcasts. Um, okay. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> Whenever we're like ready to get merch, that'll be our first t-shirt. Um, okay. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, what are your favorite parts of Northanger Abbey and Twin Peaks so far from what we've read for the first half? Um, for Twin Peaks, I would say, um, it's just like, I, like, I love how the mystery is unfolding. It's like super gradual and there keeps like new, it's like new and eccentric, like details keep popping up, like the one-armed man and, mm -hmm. um, just like different family members showing up and One-Eyed Jacks being this like humongous thing that we're going to. I'm assuming eventually find out it's <laughs> like this yeah. underground operation for this and that. And it seems like they're, you know, obviously it seems like a weird pseudo trafficking thing, but um, I just love how like the scope of it just keeps increasing and, but it's not overwhelming at all. Like, and there's yeah. still like things that seem related, but then like, it seemed like they're unrelated, like Leo, like you would think that he would be related to it, but it doesn't seem like he has so far as we can see a direct connection to it. So it's like, uh -huh. I, don't know, I love the mystery of it. Like, I don't know what to expect at all. Yeah, I guess, um, yeah, that's, I mean, I think my favorite parts of Twin Peaks are always the, um, the supernatural and how it relates to the mundane and like, what is, what is mm -hmm. the truth? Like, is it really all, a supernatural or is it all like a mental thing that we're just putting these weird supernatural pictures on like what is the evil in the woods is it really like evil incarnate <laughs> or is it just like you know people go crazy in the dark woods in isolation right. type is, it, thing? is it supernatural or is it people yeah i guess i feel like that's kind of a central question of a lot of twin peaks at least um, and maybe oh, we yeah. haven't even really gotten into it yet, but, um, yeah, even the dream, you know, like it is very supernatural, but it is a dream, you know? So like, mm -hmm. 
what is the reality of it? So I just love all that sort of mystery and like the liminal between the worlds kind of space that it sits in. What about Northanger oh, yeah. Abbey? Um, I feel like my favorite parts are like getting to sit in someone else, like sit, someone getting to walk into in someone else's shoes of, of like maturing and kind of realizing the world, especially in different time periods. Um, I just love how relatable the uh, how the protagonist Catherine is and how she seems like a real person. Like we're not like, oh, this is like some fantasy, like perfect person. Like she's got, you know, normal flaws and she has normal thoughts. And I just love yeah. that about her. Yeah. I do love Catherine's like, just, I don't know. There's something about her naivete that is just so like heartwarming in its own way. It's like, yeah. you're so precious little one I just want to protect you um but I want you to grow up and be a big girl too <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like her naivete is like not extreme where it's like everyone's a good person and everyone's yeah, really nice exactly. it's like she know she understands someone when she sees them but she also is like has these expectations that are yeah. probably not realistic <laughs> it's, yeah it's more like her expectations are based on her experience which has all been pretty good you know so like yeah um it's not that she just assumes everyone is good it's just like she just assumes most people are going to react in the same way she does and so it's like oh okay there's layers to people i get it <laughs> yeah exactly and i feel like it, this is like would be a great book to have um growing up like in high school if this was required reading I feel like I would have really benefited from it being a teenager it's a really good one I think to start off with Jane Austen because like um Kristen was saying the other week um or maybe a few weeks ago when she first read it she didn't realize it was a comedy so a lot of it was lost on her um and I can see that you know especially if Mm -hmm. you don't start with um one like this that's like clearly from the beginning is like very tongue in cheek and is trying yeah. to be like, look, you're supposed to be laughing at me, at this, these characters, at everything. <laughs> um, so. Yeah, I agree. And I feel like it kind of gets shunted to the side a little, like it's never mm-hmm. anyone's favorite book and it's never like on the list of, that might be on a list of like yeah, good adaptations just because there is that one really good one, but um yeah so yeah I wonder if it's like in that position Hmm? sorry (laughs) I just said we need more more thing Abby love in the world yes well I feel like if it's it's like the reason it's in that position is because of how realistic it feels and how people whenever they think of like Austin they think of like the romanticism and it's almost like escapism and like you know obviously like Pride and Prejudice being like the big one how everyone's like, oh, like the love story and Mr. Darcy and everything. Right. And it's just like, they want that. And they, I guess maybe they don't really appreciate and realize how great this book is. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I get, I also hear a lot. I mean, I suppose in a way it is kind of like one of her last books because she was working on it so much throughout her life because of the weird publishing thing. But I also always think right. of it as one of her first books because it was the first one she tried to get published or they got bought by a publisher. Um, right. So it's kind of weird because it's got a little of her very earliest work and a little of her 
more later matureness you know mm-hmm. obviously it's just fun to see a book that she like worked on throughout her whole life and yeah i think it's really interesting yeah. it's very unique in her um oeuvre. yeah i feel like that whole idea of like being your own editor but like a mature version of yourself being the editor would be like such a beneficial thing for an author because you live those experiences so it's like you can look back on them and with a more mature output outlook you could really form them into (laughs) what they actually were and not what they might be as an exaggeration or something yeah um we'll have to keep an eye on our annotated versions to see if in the future if they have any reference to like this was written later in her life or this was something she Mm -hmm. updated i haven't noticed any of that but i've also been doing a lot of listening to it because i just love listening to jane on audio i gotta um i think for the next book we do i'll probably get the audiobook um i've just uh this has been a good excuse for me to start reading physical books again. Oh, yeah. Um, but uh, my annotated version, it, I, a lot of the first volume is like alluding to, you'll find out in the future about what this means or why this person feels this way. So I'm excited to finally <laughs> get all the answers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we, we're halfway through. In a way, it's like, it's been a while that we've been working on this, like, I guess, like two months now. But yeah. it also doesn't feel like that long at all no okay (laughs) (laughs) moving on um i did want to say i've been looking at our stats and Mm -hmm. it's really funny to me that Okay, we do Jane Austen episodes, we do David Lynch episodes. I imagine we definitely have some crossover. But I also mm-hmm. imagine that there's a lot of people who just stick to their um, preferred person. But it's funny because we usually have around the same amount of listens for the David Lynch episodes as we do for the Jane Austen ones. Now, granted, oh. like, Mansfield Park is way low compared to, like, Pride and Prejudice, but... <laughs> Right, yeah. (laughs) You know, throughout this whole Northanger Abbey Twin Peaks, it's been very, very similar numbers. So I don't know how much crossover. I would love to know how many Lynchians and how many Janeites we have or how many of both. Um, I don't know a good way to ask people that because I tried to do a Twitter quiz once and we got like one response. So (laughs) I don't know if Twitter's (laughs) the best way to do that. (laughs) I was say... I would love just like a little heads up if you're listening to one or the other or both. Um, I I was trying to see if like the mashups I feel like are the least listened to. So (laughs) 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 well, I don't know. We're having a good bit of crossover now with, you know, people trying to Lynch or trying the Austin. Yeah, I think Um, so. It would, I feel like we got our, that's part of like what our mission was with this podcast was to kind of like bring each side together and, you know, get them to view each other's work and, you know, it'd be really awesome if we got that already. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, in the, the 25 years later, um, review or, uh, Mm -hmm. 
recommendation review thing that we were a part of, um, he did mention that he was going to start reading Northanger Abbey, and it made me very excited. Oh. <laughs> I'm yes. curious if any um, Jane, uh, Jane Austen people are watching Twin Peaks along with us, too. I was trying to see if Kristen would, but I don't know, because, you know, life's crazy right now, so. <laughs> I was saying, she's got kids, it seems like, so. <laughs> Okay, yeah, that's taking I, up a lot of time. But I have found this time period is very, it's making me want to watch both. As a matter of fact, mm -hmm. I was, ever since we started the podcast, I haven't really um, watched a lot of Jane Austen just because it's like, I know I'm going to get to it one day and I don't want to like overdose on it, but it's always kind of my comfort right. stuff to watch. So I have found myself being like, I don't care. I'm going to watch some more, <laughs> some Jane Austen that we probably won't get to for a while or, um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I haven't really, um, I've been enjoying rewatching Twin Peaks, but oh, there's a lot of David Lynch that I might be a little too um, sensitive, um, not sensitive, but just might not be like in the right or at the moment, but maybe like a straight right. story. That would be a good one to start it on Disney Plus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, um, I don't know. I feel like um, anyone, like if whoever's listening, like if you are trying out Twin Peaks for the first time, or if you're watching, um, I'm reading Northanger Abbey for the first time, like you should write in, like email us or DM us and let us know your experiences because yeah. I want to hear like what, what's it like watching it for the first time. Um, there's this writer I follow who also does a podcast called Keep It, um, Ira Madison third, and he was posting, um, I want to say it was last week or the week before, um, that he just watched Twin Peaks for the first time all the way through and how much he loved it. He was like, it's like the perfect, cause he loves soap operas. And he was like, it's yes. the perfect blend of <laughs> crime, supernatural and uh, soap opera. And he's like, he loved too. it. Yeah, I listened to Keep It Too. And I know he loved Days of Our Lives, which was what my, my favorite soap opera and Passions, which is my other favorite, which always felt like Twin Peaks, but like poorly written and on crack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, at a snail's pace, but still a lot of fun. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so I've, yeah, I was very pleased when I saw that, that he was watching Twin Peaks. So I was like, yep, you're gonna love it. If you love fashion, <laughs> yep. days of our lives, you're gonna love Twin Peaks. Um, yeah, and he <laughs> loved it. So I would love to hear everyone's response. <laughs> yes, and if you guys have any ideas, like, of other forums i know some people do like facebook groups and there's like discord stuff which honestly i've i'm on like three or four different discords but i never have participated because i find it so confused <laughs> but <laughs> there's gotta be some preferred method of people out there for like you know having more of a discussion online <clears throat> yeah okay Okay, so before before, <laughs> before we get to the quiz, or was there just one quiz, or yeah, um, I figured since we've done yeah, we've done Twin Peaks <laughs> so many times at this point. Yeah, um, I don't know. We could do it again if you want. Maybe maybe our some of our answers have changed as a result. Yeah, uh, let's just do the one. But I did think maybe okay. we could. <laughs> tell like a crazy story from our lives or something if we just want to like you know 
I've got a million crazy stories. I just thought maybe I could just share one <laughs> on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, go for it. <laughs> is this too ridiculous? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. I feel like nothing is off limits at this point. Okay, it's well, here's, I've got a million oh, animal-related crazy stories, um, but I will tell my jaguar undi story. So... Oh. <laughs> Let's see, around 2002, 2003, I went on this like epic camping trip across the country. I went, I drove mm-hmm. all the way to California and back and <clears throat> I was camping in Oklahoma um, at Chicksaw National Forest. And oh, I probably should go back just a little to give you a little context for this. Um, I had a friend who used to see this weird cat in his yard, like this kind of a, a bigger than a house cat, like a wild cat um, with a really long tail. And we did a lot of research to figure out what it was. And it ended up being a jaguar undi, <laughs> which are from, uh-huh. they live in Mexico. If you look them up on Wikipedia, that's like their territory. But they do talk about how someone in Florida may have released some into the wild at some point. So that might be why yeah. there are jaguar undis and I think I've seen one in Florida too, like back when I was in college. But fast forward back to Oklahoma, I was sitting in my camping site. There was barely anyone in this campground. I was had a there was like a little creek running by my um, tent, and I was just sitting by the fire reading. And I heard this noise. I look over, and there are two jaguarundis standing within. <sighs> 10 feet of me staring at each other. And I was like, Uh, oh my God, this is the craziest thing in the whole world. I was not scared at all. They weren't like, they were definitely interested in each other and I didn't think they would attack me or anything like that. And there was uh no one else around to see it. So I like really slowly and quietly tried to get my camera out of the car so I could take a picture. But like, as I clicked the door, the door clicked they started to walk off really slowly into the woods. So I didn't get a picture. And then Uh. later that night I was sleeping and I started having this crazy dream. And in the dream, there was like some sort of a ritual going on and there was like chanting and it kind of morphed into me waking up and realizing that it was two cats, big cats, clearly making sweet, sweet love down by the creek. You've ever heard cats um, <laughs> mating? It's not quite the like, same as in like a house cat, but it's like a mm, 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 kind of a sound. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. It was Uh-oh. very crazy. It was very crazy. And then the next day, I went to the um, you know the camp um, office and told them, and they're like, "Oh yeah, we've heard that they're jaguarundis, but we're not allowed to say that they are here unless." someone get finds a dead one or something. And I was like, well, that seems ridiculous. But I've always thought it was really interesting because first of all, they're not supposed to live there. They're supposed to live in Mexico. Even yeah. the ones in Florida are like, oh, they might've been released at some point. So, but apparently they live everywhere. And it just, anytime I think of Bigfoot or something like that, like one of those um, <laughs> creatures, cryptids that could live out in yeah. the forest and, you know, People are always like, well, it couldn't possibly live out there. People would have seen it. I think about that, those Jaguarundis and how they're just like 
out in the middle of the campground and no one would even believe me that it, they were there. And like, they were definitely there. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. That's crazy. <laughs> Do you have any I feel like it's like a once in a lifetime. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to think like, it's like one of those things where it's like, <laughs> you know, your life hasn't been like, yeah, like, you know, your life hasn't been like dead boring, but then it's like, um, <laughs> what's interesting? Um, I don't know. I don't really have like a, I can't really think of one right now. Um, I just like, um, maybe like in relation to like the whole like cooking conversation we had earlier about, <clears throat> I just have like this one like crazy moment comes to mind um when I was like was I like I was just turned 21 I think or around there and at this point I had no idea that I was um going to go to culinary school or anything I you know originally was supposed to play college soccer and then go on to professional uh but ended up tearing my ACL when I was a 18 before my college tryouts and uh, it was a whole thing that kind of derailed my whole path. And so for a while, I wasn't sure what I was going to do. And then once I moved out on my own and had to cook for myself, I was like, this is fun. Maybe I can do this. Um, but <laughs> just, just like a crazy story and really speaks to that. Um, no matter where you start cooking, you could definitely improve and <laughs> not be <laughs> terrible. Um, so whenever I moved out, I... Um, refused to like just solely survive on like frozen meals and pizzas and whatever I was like I'm going to learn how to cook my for myself um and my mom had you know cooked every meal for us basically and so when I lived with my roommate at the time uh she um she cooked for herself and would make stuff so I was like you know what I'm gonna use you know she let me use her pans I was like I'm gonna figure this out so I bought chicken and I had like all these seasonings and I had like you know these um, green peppers and onions that I was going to throw in with it and just make like a whatever I thought was going to be and <laughs> um, just as like a testament to how poorly I was aware of how to cook things I <laughs> thought that you would cook all meat on high and so <laughs> I turned the burner all the way up <laughs> and you know put the pan on it and put the oil in and then put the chicken in um, oh my god no I didn't even use oil this is how stupid I was I didn't even use oil. I just put the chicken in the pan and I was like, all right, this is going to cook. And so like, <laughs> you know, made the sound that I was cooking and I was like, cool. And so like I flipped it over and um, it was still cooking. And um, I was like, all right, how long is this going to take? And so like took it off, like cut into it and it was still raw in the middle. I was like, okay, maybe I just didn't cook it long enough. And so I put it back on the burner, no oil. And um, <laughs> oh, <I'm high. laughs> Yeah, and I was like, oh, let me turn the oven fan on. It's getting kind of smoky in here. And, <laughs> you know, did not think to turn down the heat at all. <laughs> and before I knew it, I had, like, opened all the windows to our apartment. <laughs> and the, and at this point, the front door. And <laughs> had no, like, idea. And my roommate was, like, in the bathroom taking a bath. And she got out, and she was like, are you trying to kill me? And then at that <laughs> point, I realized I could barely see her through the smoke. <laughs> and, <laughs> I was like, I'm so sorry. I was like, I don't know how to cook. And she was like, maybe not on high. And <laughs> it was just so embarrassing. And like, I look back on it now and it's like, why 
in what universe would I think that that's okay? <laughs> did you set the fire alarm off? I sure did a couple times. <laughs> and, and I took a sheet pan. I was waving that smoke out to the front door and the windows. <laughs> and oh, I was so embarrassed. And I was like, I maybe I should Google how to cook. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I set the fire alarm off several times while learning how to sear stuff until I decided this should all be done on the grill <laughs> outside. Oh, yeah. Grills are so good. I wish I had a grill. I don't like um, cooking meat on the stove anymore. <laughs> it, it's, it, it's still a learning process for me, um, but I think I've finally, I've got the right tools and I've got the right just you know mindset and knowledge of what to do <laughs> not to cook every meat on high with no oil <laughs> so <laughs> just a you know stupid younger day story of no matter where you think you know like where you think you are with cooking and how bad you are um you can always learn and do better <laughs> yes i'm actually becoming quite the cook in quarantine because i have no choice it's a perfect although time. i'm I tend to like make this one giant thing and then eat it for like three days until I get sick of it. But then I still continue to eat it until done because I'm like, I can't waste any food. <laughs> <laughs> but I made a delicious yeah. and fairly healthy broccoli cheese soup the other day. So, Ooh, that sounds so good. Yeah. I put it oh. on a baked potato the other day. Oh my God. It was so good. <laughs> sounds amazing I'm like <laughs> I've indulged on something like that I made um Allison Ro I think it's Allison Roman she has um a mac and cheese recipe that um you don't have to make a uh bechamel sauce for uh -huh. it's just like cream cheese and uh cream and stuff like that and it's um but it was so creamy and delicious and yes. I added um you know, bacon, spinach, onion, you know, you can add literally whatever you want to it. <clears throat> and it's just like, it's the most indulgent, awful thing I could have eaten that week. And it was so good. <laughs> I love green and cheese. I love it. Oh. <sighs> I especially love the yeah. kind that like, is right on the side of the box, like the one with the bechamel sauce and everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, I love it. I just was like, uh, sauce making is such like a laborious process sometimes and I was just like I need something <laughs> I can make <laughs> in five seconds because I'm yeah. craving something terrible for me yeah that's always my problem is I don't even think about cooking until I'm hungry and then it's like mm -hmm. oh, I don't have time to cook I gotta shove food in my mouth right now <laughs> <laughs> I'm a bad snacker when I'm cooking so I will constantly be like <laughs> eating something like if I'm making I don't know, like something and like bacon, let's say like breakfast eggs and bacon and the bacon's done and I'm just like waiting for the eggs to finish. I'll break off half a piece of bacon and start yeah. eating it and yeah. it's awful. And then by the time the food is done, you're like, I'm not even hungry anymore. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you're like, I'll eat a small plate. <laughs> Ugh, but. <sighs> Well, should we take this quiz? Yes. Okay. Have you opened it yet? Do you see the yes. craziness that this quiz is? <laughs> um, yes. It looks very um, old, like an old website. <laughs> yeah. Definitely from like early 2000s or something. What are you, wait, <laughs> what are your ads that you have? Um, did I mention <laughs> on the podcast how crazy this quiz is? 
I don't think so. Podcast. Okay, so for this, for anyone listening, this quiz is very, that website looks like it's from the early 2000s. Um, there is the questions down the middle and then there's like literally a millimeter of white space and then the rest, <laughs> is, it's completely surrounded by ads. Mine are and all for first... some sort of weird selector. <laughs> really? Flowchart maker. So what selector do you want? Weird. That's so <laughs> weird. My, <laughs> I don't know why, because this has nothing to do with anything I've Googled recently, but mine is almost all for spicy lingerie. Oh my goodness. I don't have any of that. Maybe I have yeah, an ad block or something. <laughs> uh, maybe. I, it's spicy lingerie and Birkenstocks from DSW. <laughs> this quiz has one star, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I looked for reviews and I was like, well, they're not anywhere, so who knows, but it ga- I, I tried it out and it gave me a result, so. <laughs> okay, let's try it. <laughs> All right. All right. So question one, do you delight in a good horrid novel? Yes. Yes, of course. <laughs> um, question two, are you imaginative? Yes, of course. Yes. Question three, are you naive? Um, I would say no. Yeah, I'm going to go with no. I would say at certain points in my life, definitely, <laughs> yes, but not anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah at this point, no. <laughs> um, do you like to cause trouble? Absolutely not. I would love to <laughs> blend in. <laughs> blend in the background and do not like getting in trouble. Oh, I don't know. Probably not. I'm a pretty good role follower. We're going to have the same answer. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I guess, I don't know. I'm not, I don't like to follow rules very much, but I guess it defines, like, what do you define as causing trouble? I don't know. Uh, I don't know what this prioritized no, thing is, though. Yeah, I just kind of ignored that. It's, it's <laughs> <laughs> let's just say it's for self-interpretation. All right. <laughs> Number five, are you flirtatious? Yeah, I'm gonna maybe. put no preference just because I'm it depends on the situation I'm just gonna go say yes even though probably can be argued (laughs) depends on who (laughs) number six are you domineering Mm, I can be I'm gonna say no (laughs) personally I'm I'm gonna say no no. preference for that one (laughs) (laughs) question seven are you materialistic? Um, I feel like I can no. be it sometimes. So I'm gonna say yes, because unfortunately I can't be. I feel like I should move some of these sliders around. Oh, can you move them? I don't know. No, maybe not. Okay. It looked like a slider, but it doesn't move when I touch it. <laughs> Are you rather dense? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. Uh, I'm gonna say no to <laughs> question. <laughs> Is that a Catherine? Uh, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> All right. Question nine. Have you ever been duped by someone you thought was a friend? Yes. I'd say yes. <laughs> Several times. <laughs> Question 10. Were you very close to your mother? Yes. Yes. I feel like it's my responsibility as a gay person to be close <laughs> to my mother. Number 11, do you enjoy hearing yourself talk? 
clearly. I'm gonna <laughs> say I'm gonna say yes because we have a entire podcast. <laughs> And I really like listening to it, strangely enough. (laughs) (laughs) I never thought I'd like to listen to myself talk so much, but. (laughs) Yeah, well, that's why, yeah. In the past, I would have said no, but at this point, it's like, well, clearly you've been lying. (laughs) Question 12. Would you try to convince a friend to miss a prior engagement to do something with you? Yes. (laughs) I might feel guilty about it, but I would try. (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna say no preference because it depends if it's someone going on a date with someone that I think is awful then I'm gonna be like you should come hang out with me instead (laughs) I'm always a little bit selfish but I will let you do your own thing if you really want to (laughs) (laughs) question 13 are you impressionable no I'm gonna say no preference for that one I can be I think (laughs) (laughs) oh really I feel like at this point, I'm just like, I'm just going to think the way I'm not going to let anyone <laughs> terrible try. You know, to you're probably right. You know what? I'm going to change it to no. Maybe I'm just thinking of my past self a little too much. <laughs> <laughs> Question 14. Do you tend to exaggerate? Yes. Um, yeah. Say <laughs> <laughs> so it's good for storytelling. <laughs> Question 15. Do you take pleasure in the foibles of others? Yes, I love a bit of gossip. Yeah, I'm say <laughs> yes too. You know, initially I was gonna be like no, but then I was that's a lie. <laughs> Question sixteen: Do you value candor and honesty? Yes, a hundred percent. Yes, I feel like it's a major trait. <laughs> Question seventeen: Are you mysterious? I mean, I don't think so. <laughs> I I'm think I'm pretty much yes. an open book, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say yes because I tend to be very reserved when I first meet people. So people I like the idea. Before maybe I'll put no preference just because. Yeah. I don't I like feel to like think I am. people think I'm mysterious, but <laughs> maybe they just think that I'm just a quiet person or <laughs> novice. Question 18. Do you strive to maintain your own honor and integrity in spite of obstacles? Yes. Yes. Why not? Question 19. Is dress important to you? Yes. No. (laughs) (laughs) I love fashion. I love buying clothes. That's my problem. That's been a big problem for this quarantine is I have ordered a lot of things online that I probably didn't really need, but... It's so funny because... I've always had like an online shopping problem, but since the quarantine, I haven't bought barely anything at all because I'm like, I can't Ugh. spend anybody. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a sucker for sales. And so of course, during now there's like 20 emails a day saying here's 80% off this stuff that you love. And I'm like, seriously, okay. <laughs> I'm waiting for the really expensive stuff to go on sale. <laughs> yes. I figure give it another two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> at this point. Yeah. Or a week. Question 20, are you a good dancer? Absolutely not. No, I suck. Unless um, you give me choreography, then I can do choreography. But other than that, no. I can't do anything. I have seven left feet. (laughs) Question 21, are you calm and practical? Yes. Yes. (laughs) I like to think so. (laughs) (laughs) Question 22, do you think very highly of yourself? Oh, Lord. Um, 
I tend to either think very highly of myself or think very lowly of myself. So I'll say no preference for that one. (laughs) I I feel like it's the extremes of one or the other. Yeah. Um, Question 23. Are you methodical and organized? Um, I can be. Although I do. I'm going to say no preference for that one. I'm going to say no, just because I tend to be a a little bit of a messy person. Although I I know where everything is, it's just, you know, <laughs> it's not organized very well. Yeah, I've gotten a lot more organized as I've grown as I've gotten older, but um I wouldn't say this I'm not always methodical. Although I can be pretty organized in like the way I go about stuff. So yeah, maybe I'll just put no preference. <laughs> <laughs> All right, last question. Are you <laughs> Are you male? Yes. Or female? No. Okay. <laughs> I think right. female should be yes, but. <laughs> <laughs> should be, but whatever. All right. Show me my results. Unfortunately, with this quiz, you don't get like a description. You just kind of get the answer. Oh, did, oh, this is another one of those. You're part this person, part another person? No, it's just like, it gives you like who you get, like your top match, but it doesn't give you like, Oh, you're this person. Oh, it does. Wait. Yeah, mine's got oh, it multiple. Does. Although I have one 100%, so I don't know how I have so many others. But I am 100% yeah, Henry Tilney, which does not surprise me at all. <laughs> That's who I got. <laughs> Eleanor was 89%. What did you get? Oh, percent? I got uh, number. Uh, Eleanor was 60% for me. Oh, what's Henry? Who's Henry was 100%. Oh. That's funny. Yeah. Who is your number three? Miss Mo- Mrs. Moreland. Oh, I got uh, Captain Frederick Tilney. Oh, he's way down my list. What about four? Uh, I got General Tilney. Oh, I got Catherine for four. Oh. And that's my um, last um, percentage over 50%. The rest are all like 34 oh. Uh, I only have one uh, besides Henry, who's a hundred percent. I only Eleanor is sixty percent. The rest are below fifty percent for me. Oh, interesting. I don't yeah, know why I have so I'm much Miss Morland Yeah, I'm zero percent James Morland though. <laughs> so I'm zero percent Mrs. Allen. Probably because I don't like clothes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad to see John Thorpe close to the bottom. <laughs> Uh, he is for me, but 30% seems a little bit too much. Yeah, I have 34% for both General Tilney and Isabella. And then Captain Tilney, oh, I think it was, yeah, Cap, uh, Frederick Tilney and James are, and John are all 12%. Oh, wow. Yeah. So interesting. Well, yeah. Henry There's a lot of villains in this book, I'm realizing. <laughs> Yeah, I'm <laughs> more than fine with Henry, though. You haven't even met Captain Frederick Tilney yet. Mm-mm, nope. So, good thing I didn't go, <laughs> because then I'd be really confused. <laughs> well, that was an interesting quiz. It was. I, you know, figured we had exhausted all of our Twin Peaks and nothing <laughs> Abbey. I was like, there's got to be something out there, and there was yeah. something. Well, maybe for our last check-in, we'll do... Like a how well do you know Northanger Abbey quiz, and maybe we can oh, do yeah. a Twin Peaks quiz with like um, some of the characters. 
from Twin Peaks yeah, or maybe Catherine or something. <laughs> yeah, that sounds good to me. I like that. Yeah. Kind of test our knowledge. <laughs> but we get away still we get there. Mm-hmm. But I think that's it for today. Um, I guess I can yeah. say that next week we will be doing Twin Peaks episode five. And yeah. then we're doing 16 through 20 of Northanger Abbey for our next Northanger Abbey episode, chapter 16 through 20. Beginning of volume Yeah. And um, if you want to get in touch with us. Yes. Our Gmail is mannersandmadness at gmail.com. Our Twitter is at mannersmadness. And our Instagram is at mannersmadnesspod. And our website is at mannersandmadness.com. Um, and you can leave a voice message if you like. Yes. And um, yeah, that's it. I hope you guys are all doing well, keeping sane. Um, reach out if you want to talk about anything, Twin Peaks or Northanger Abbey or David Lynch yes. or Jane Austen related. Um, or, you know, anything podcast related, honestly. Um, do we do recommendations in check? No, we usually don't do it in the check-ins. Okay. That's fine. <laughs> Just because we always talk so for so long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm always Perfect. afraid this is gonna be the check-in that's only 15 minutes and then we ramble on for like an hour and, and a half. <laughs> <laughs> that worked out perfectly. Yes. All right. Well, good night, everyone. Bye. Stay safe. See you next week. <laughs> <laughs>